In this episode of the Magic Kitchen Podcast, we talk about calling out versus calling in in the witchy community and how to have healthy discussions. I'm Leander Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen Podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. episode, we want to give you a little update. So Leandra and I just got out of our launch party live and it was amazing. Yes. It was so it was nice so fun. To, po- to, <laughs> to give you guys the chance to see us in our, in our natural mm-hmm. crazy states of how we record, but also to get to <laughs> interact with our community. So we went live on Circle, yes. which is the platform where the Magic Kitchen Pantry is hosted on. And we also went live on Instagram. So if you missed that, you can go to Instagram and look at it on either of our profiles, or you can go to Circle and make your free account. So the Magic Kitchen Pantry is live. You can join now. And through November 15th, 2022, you'll be able to get 50% off with the code EARLYBIRD50. So we'll put that in the show notes as well with the right links. But come join us. It's going to be great. It was so fun. We did our first table talk. In this video. Yes. Um, the table talks are going to be fun. They're going to be chances to meet with us after an episode premieres on the following Wednesday and debrief, get into the deep dive of that episode, ask your follow-up questions. Yeah. And you'll be in there with yes. us, both of us. So you'll really get to see what our, our setup is like and interact with us live. And then it'll, of course, be recorded mm-hmm. for the community members to go back and view. So it's I'm really excited for it. If today's live... Today's launch party was anything to test testify to it. It's going to be a really fun community. <laughs> it was, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I, and I'm like riding that high right now, of like, yeah, <laughs> getting to know everybody who's out there. And you know, we didn't realize that we have that many people following or participating in the podcast because we don't always get to directly interact with everybody. And that was the fun part was directly yeah. interacting with everybody. Yeah, getting a that chance to answer your questions in real time that was that was the best. I yeah. think that was the best part of it. And you know, we both have our own communities. My Patreon community is a great group of, yes. of women. We really connect, and I'm always amazed at how our listeners get along so well with each other, but it's hard for that to happen. Mm. So this community, hopefully the magic kitchen pantry will be a chance to do that in a more meaningful way. And, you know, you'll still have the chance to learn from us in our separate communities. We, we kind of decided it's like a Venn diagram. (laughs) So we each are on our either side, (laughs) but then we've got our overlap in the middle that's been missing until now. And that's the pantry. Yes. Yeah. Cause you, uh, and uh, that's part that I'm really excited about because it's both of us together and then both of us together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you, get, you know, the aspects of us, you know, you can you can learn individually from me. You can learn individually from Elise or you can learn from us together. And yeah. each of our communities are very, very different. So like 
all these fun things that are happening, they're happening almost simultaneously in this big, bigger community that has like almost the macrocosm that has a little microcosms where everybody can come together and experience us a little differently, experience us together and experience all the knowledge we have to share. And that's one of the things that I said in the live is, you know, it's amazing because Elisa and I actually have like a generational gap between us. We we're not the same age. We didn't learn the same way. We didn't learn from the same traditions. And so you get these different perspectives and these deep dives into our knowledge base that helps you then solidify and grow your knowledge base and your understanding and your experience in the craft and helps you create that everyday lifestyle that brings you to a place of center and balance and you and, get our courses you know, like, with I, this community and yeah. within oh, yeah, those yeah, courses, yeah. like, you know, you have, you have the chance to learn with us now through the magic kitchen pantry mm-hmm. in live time, like yeah. with us, ask us those questions. Yeah. But then you also have the time on your own yes. to go back and view those recordings and also take mm-hmm. our courses, which are included. It's like yes. a $500 value, but we feel like this is the best way to, to facilitate it. Cause I, I, I feel like it's easier to learn in a one-on-one setting mixed with a classroom type setting mixed with your own time at home. Like that's just the teacher in me. Like I feel like a bit of, a bit of all of it is the best. So that's what we're trying to emulate with this because we're doers. Like we know witchcraft is for doers and active people and people who want to facilitate their own path. And that's what we're going to, going to be focusing on in this community. Yeah. And, and going back to that idea that, you know, this is not just your typical like online course platform that you typically see with like Teachable or some of those other areas where like even Facebook, mm, like this yeah. is more of a private, interactive learning platform. So we have the community integrated with the courses and with live workshops. I'm I'm working on one right now that's going to do a really big deep dive into the divine feminine. So I'm taking different aspects of the divine feminine, the great mother, the warrior, the medicine woman, the child goddess, all of these different aspects, these different archetypes. And I'm, you know, going to do live workshops in this. And it's all in this one big space where you can talk to other students. You can talk to me directly. You can, you know, interact through video and everything like that, but it's private. So you're not having the big brother (laughs) looking down on you and tracking your keywords or Mm -hmm. tracking your activity between platforms and that sort of thing. Yeah. You won't get targeted ads. You won't get scammers. There's no messaging. Like, you know, it's going to be more, less bells and whistles in the right way. Less distractions yeah, from it's from less the distraction. Work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and speaking to workshops, seeking Numina is my Instagram and my website. Mm-hmm. And Numina means spiritual places. And I just got back from India and that was the most spiritual place I've traveled to yet. It was really, really powerful. And I really was amazed at the overlap, the syncretic overlap between Hindu religion and witchcraft. And there's roots that they share that I was so unaware of. And I I think it will really enlighten so many people's paths to learn that. So I'm going to be hosting a workshop on that. And, you know, with that, I'm also going to be looking at more ways to share the spiritual places, you know, the noumena that I, I travel to, sharing the knowledge that I learn in these different cultures. 
you know, I'd like to do a workshop on Hellenic polytheism, for example, the Greek worship. Mm. Um, and there's, there's more things I'm working on collaborations and events that I'm looking at attending that I'm hoping to, to bring to you in the future. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say for now. And real quick update on Witch on the Juniata River, my novel. It's going to be published with Running Wild Press in 2024. I haven't talked about it enough, honestly. Weirdly, because I've been working on it a lot. I just finished and submitted my first biggest round of edits. So I just wanted to tell you guys it's going really well. And it's now in my editor's hands. And I'm waiting to hear how it is. Hopefully it's good news. But join my newsletter on seekingnumina.com and that link's in the show notes as well. And you'll be able to, to get the updates occasionally on that. It's it's going to be good. I'm excited to bring witchcraft to the novel world in a realistic way without all that hereditary garbage and that actual fantastical, uh-huh. you know, no, it's not fantastical. It's real witchcraft. <laughs> and it's a good story. Yes. There's ghosts. Yes. And Victorian mansions. Who doesn't love ghosts in Victorian mansions? <laughs> I do. I love it. <laughs> so with that said, let's get to our episode on calling out versus calling in. Elise and I have been talking a lot about our social media accounts and what we witness on social media, which led me to the realization that we do a lot of calling out in social media. And instead of calling us in, to see a different perspective. So we decided that we are going to dedicate an entire episode to this idea of calling out versus calling in and what that means and what it looks like and how we can incorporate more coherent and better conversations between our community members and ourselves and those who have a different perspective than we do. Let's Let's first define what it is to say calling out versus calling in. So calling out is about shaming or embarrassing the opposition. Uh, so when you find somebody that has a different opinion than you or a different perspective on something, it's that knee-jerk reaction to prove them wrong and to express how your opinion is correct without fully listening to that person's perspective or how they came to that perspective. And it doesn't help them understand how their mindset or their positioning, their perspective could be harmful to others. And I find that this term calling out versus calling in is often used in the workplace around racism, sexism, that sort of thing. Um, you know, any kind of misogyny, homophobia, um, fat phobia, even. So when we call people out, we are explicitly trying to shame or embarrass or shock them into Ooh. a perspective. And that almost never, ever works. Yeah. And the reason for that is easy, because when we're coming from a place of emotion in trying to change somebody's perspective, we're only going to hit a brick wall. We're not going to change somebody's mind through emotion. We're only going to be able to change their mind through a rational, calm, protected, and communal space. Yeah. And when we're having these conversations, they need to be conversations. And Mm -hmm. often this starts with a simple comment on a reel or a post or a TikTok that maybe we react defensively to. 
And defensiveness yes. is emotional. And when it we is. react with emotion, it's because we want an emotional reaction. That's mm-hmm. what we're expecting. We're expecting this to either escalate or we're expecting them to back down and feel bad. So yeah. that's at the end of the day, that's what's wrong with calling out. It's not productive because it's not about productivity. Productivity is not emotional. You might feel good when you're a productive person, you do the right thing, but it's still not emotional. It's it's doing. It's yeah. active. So we need to look for and- logic and rational conversations and start from that mindset and there and not to say that calling people out is not there's like there's never ever a place for it there are i don't think social media is ever a place but like out in public you see somebody throwing trash on the ground when there's a trash can five feet away that's when you say hey pick up your garbage or you know pick it up for them and and we can correct without calling out i think is yes because as soon as you said that example, it made it reminded me of when I was a teacher and I was at the lunchroom mm. and kids would not want to take their tray to the trash. Or if I was on outside <laughs> duty and they're eating outside, they they wouldn't throw their food. They would just like crumple their paper or their chip bag or whatever and try to throw it out into nature. And so this is where you can actually still have a conversation about this. You can actually make a lasting difference because next time they go to do this, somebody might not be around to see it. You need to actually change this behavior in a person. So to take that example, you know, I would go to the kids and I would say, like, is that where that belongs? You know, or I would say, yes. would you like it if because we had some squirrels that lived there? I was like, would you like it if I littered in your home? You know, mm-hmm. like and sometimes you would even say it in a bit of a joking way, like, hey, this is the squirrel's house. What are you doing? But they yeah. get the point and they're not defensive about it. They already know that it's wrong. So maybe that's the difference. A lot of times when we need to have these deeper conversations with people, calling out their actions is maybe the first time they're being it's being brought to their attention that what they're right. doing is incorrect. But that's even more reason for you to actually have a chance at changing their behavior. Right. And and I think there is a lot of uh, misconception about calling in versus calling out because i think a lot of people when they hear a statement that challenges their point of view or their habits or their mm-hmm. mindset they feel called out when they're not actually being called out yes they take their opinions like, personally personally yeah and that's why it's so hard to change someone's point of view or to help them see another perspective when it's emotional yeah and a great example is um i i experienced this the other day i was listening to another podcast and they said something that just hit me to the core. I was like, oh, crap, that's not right. But then I started really analyzing it. (laughs) And I realized like, yeah, that is part of my indoctrination. Like, full disclosure, in my free time, I'm always (laughs) listening to podcasts that help me decolonize and, you know, reframe my mindset. And that's hard work. It's hard work for anybody to do. And even if you do it regularly, you know, that shadow work and addressing those shadows and addressing that collective Mm, shadow. shadows. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really difficult because it's so ingrained in us. So when we hear somebody talk about a perspective that challenges that for us, it rows us up inside and this emotional well begins to just burst and we start you know, telling ourselves stories. Well, that's not, that's how I was just raised. And that's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just how I am. That's just how I am. That's the one I hear the most. I can't change who I am. That's my personality. But we forget that our personality 
is not necessarily who we are. Our personality yeah. is our adaptation to be accepted within our cultural norms, whatever those have become or what we've been grown to, to or groomed mm-hmm. to accept. And so we can change all of that. We can change our personality, quote unquote, <laughs> yeah. in that sense as to how we act and react instead of you know, being reactive to things, we can change how we come up. So when we hear things that challenge us, it's not necessarily being called out on it. It's challenging us to think differently. And there's many techniques we can use to get through that so that we can begin to open ourselves and be more fluid in our mindset. Yeah. In my course on Caridwin's Grove, Manifesting a Spiritual Mm -hmm. Life, I talk a lot about reframing our programming, like understanding Mm -hmm. that there's a context to what we believe about ourselves, the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves, what we believe the world's perception of us is. Because at the end of the day, nobody else knows what other people's perceptions are of us, of that topic you're about to argue about, of anything. We don't even know Mm -hmm. what, you know, tasting is like for another person uh, outside of ourselves. So- Having that awareness removes that personal feeling when we see something that challenges us. And in the witchcraft community, most of us were drawn to this path because it challenged our programming. I came from Christianity. I never liked the idea of sin, just for one example. That's something that drove me nuts. I said, how can stealing a cookie be equal to murder? And how can both of those things be absolved only on my deathbed? You know, like forgiveness is this get out of jail free card. Like I just couldn't stand that. I felt like that wasn't right. And, you know, in paganism, we, many of us believe in, you know, karma or the threefold law that things will come back on you. So you should be careful what you put out into the universe, that you should bring balance to everything you do. And that's, that's most of what first drew me away from Christianity and then towards Mm -hmm. paganism as I read more and discovered more. So, yeah. Being opposed in your beliefs is great. Even if you've had the same sort of daily practice or definition for your spiritual practice for a while, tweaking that, adjusting that, that's that's what you're here to do. You're just clay to yeah. be molded by you. Not society, mm-hmm. not who you're following on social media, but you. You decide <laughs> what to take in, what to release, what to take some time to process before you decide if you want to take it in or not. And when we're focused on calling people out, we're cutting them off from that possibility, that experience of processing for themselves. But when we call in, we're bringing them into the fold. We're saying, here's something you might not have thought of before. And even if they're really set in their opinion and they tell you that they are, that actually might not be true. That might be something that's marinating in the brain that's going to come out later for them. Everybody's on their own journey with that. Absolutely. So so let's go back to your analogy of tasting. So I think this is a really good way to link perspective and with tasting. So I blend teas and I blend teas that have no artificial preservatives. They have no additives, no flavorings. What you see in the package, what you get in the package in the tea is the actual herb. It's the actual flower. It's the root. It's it's nature in a little package. So that causes a problem for especially someone with a typical American palate. So Mm -hmm. 
Typically, Americans are used to eating highly processed foods. They're highly flavored. So our tongue literally becomes acclimated to those flavors. So if you're used to going to, you know, some chain store, I'm not going to say the name, (laughs) to get your chai latte, and you're going, what you're getting is a highly flavored item. You're not actually getting tea. You're getting chemicals. And uh, there's many reasons why I don't use chemicals, even even natural, quote unquote, I'm quoting air quotes right now, (laughs) natural flavorings and natural colors. They are still processed. They are still made in the same factories as, you know, things like your detergents or your perfumes and stuff like that. So it's not really a natural thing. It's derived from a natural product like, you know, concentrated orange juice. You're just getting sugar water that has been you know, added back in flavor, added back to it. So when we're so used, when our palate is so used to these artificial, highly enhanced flavors, when we go to natural flavors that are actually naturally occurring, no additives, nothing added to it, no preservatives, no added anything, nothing to enhance it, we can't taste it. We have an issue picking up the layers of flavor and the little nuances. We can't figure it out. Like our our brain and our tongue have somehow like disconnected completely. And this is the same when you are coming into a new idea or something that challenges your belief system. Suddenly there's this, it's it's cognitive dissonance. You start digging your heels into what you've known to be safe, even if it doesn't you know, it's not productive for you, even if it's not um, working for you currently. And this is something that we go into with shadow work and yeah. the rebel mystic community. We start discussing these things in detail about how our perspectives, even though they we perceive them to be safe, they're not serving us. So when you're asking somebody to change that perspective, you're asking them to take all of their programming and set it aside and you know, completely change their view to something else. So you can't do that from that emotional standpoint because we dig in our heels. We dig in hard, even if we know that the relationship is abusive, even if we know that the, you know, the our, our unhealthy healthy eating patterns are not helping us, even if we know we need to move more and exercise, you know, even if we know that cultural appropriation and colonization is harming our path, But because we've been taught that, we've been practicing it for so long, it's hard to just change. But we can. As soon as we decide that we're going to open up and and express ourselves non-emotionally and open ourselves to a more rational standpoint in things, then we can change our perspective rather quickly, almost instantly. Yeah. It's just one of those things where you have to be open to it. So if you're emotionally coming at somebody, calling them out instead of calling them into a safe space that is more one-on-one rather than this multimedia expression, it's, you know, there's a big difference in how we reach people in that aspect. wish you had a piece of Greece? Get a handwritten Yule card and bookmark with a Greek goddess or temple on it when you join my Patreon community by December 1st. My Spirit First community is growing and so are the benefits. 
Get full moon rituals, weekly journal prompts, exclusive articles, and now for the first time, enjoy free access to my courses as well as exclusive meditations and other witchy videos at patreon.com slash Elise Wells or follow the link in the description below. So as witches, how can we start calling in? The most important part of this is recognizing the language we use and encouraging people into one-on-one or small group conversations. So that might look like responding to a negative comment on your video with a message. If you are on Instagram, for example, you can actually reply as a message. So that could be a good place to start. Or you could reply and say, like, I'd love to talk through this with you and, you know, message me with your thoughts on this. And you could even do a follow-up video exploring that perspective. You never know how this could change your mind too. So, and just to be clear, we're talking about things like associations or um, certain practices that might differ. You know, maybe you're practicing in Eastern Europe and that's going to look very different from somebody who's practicing, you know, uh, like bruja magic. So we can, you know, we can have very healthy discussions about differences. Nobody has to be wrong sometimes when people get aggressive or call out each other. So look for those perspectives. Try not to react emotionally like we've been talking about. But when you do feel the pull to have this discussion and see if you can convince somebody that what they're doing is harmful or, you know, maybe it is wrong. Like some people, like I actually recently had an incident on my Instagram. I saw a girl lighting uh, incense charcoal with her fingers. So I <laughs> thought about this. I said, how do I address this? Because I know she's a newer witch. Like we've interacted a lot on, on Instagram. So I'm, I actually messaged her and said, hey, I love your video. That incense probably smells amazing. You should think about looking for some tongs so that you don't accidentally burn your fingers. That's it. That's all. That's how I address it. You know, I didn't want to comment. <laughs> I, I was genuinely worried about her health and safety at this point. Like I con- I messaged her instead because we have, right, you know, we both right. follow each other. So, you know, like, right. I could have commented and been like, girl, what you doing? But I didn't. I just messaged her. So I thought about it. I said, should I comment so that other people are you trying see to lose those warning? fingers? But, yeah, I really was concerned. So yeah. <laughs> like sometimes yeah. people are wrong. And that well, is an example. Right. Right. Well, and, and, you know, if she's. safety is one thing especially and then like okay so i I have an example where i saw another witch on tiktok literally laying into duetting through a duet so it was very public laying into another witch who was comment who was saying that rosemary is her like catch-all herb it's she uses it like like clear quartz she uses it for everything and that could be true like her tradition was obviously very different than this witch calling her out. And that's where I really have a problem with the whole calling out thing where it's really public and really inflammatory. And that's where we really need to pay attention to what we're doing and how we're saying things. When we're being extra inflammatory, we're not doing it to actually help the person or to change a perspective or come to an agreement on a perspective. We're doing it to get likes. We're doing it to get followers. And that's the wrong way to do it. You know, somebody who practices strega or practices, you know, some other 
like you said, in, in some other country or some other, you know, hemisphere of the world, even it's their practice is not going to look like yours. And it should not. It should not ever have to. We yeah. are not this dogmatic practice where we have to dictate and and um, document and, and be accountable to other witches for how we practice. Now, you know, that does not uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you can go and just take whoever's practice from wherever and just appropriate that into yours. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Instead, what I'm saying is like be conscious that when you're calling somebody out that maybe your perspective is skewed by how you have been taught and you have not been trained or taught under that other perspective that you are just slamming your fist down and saying is wrong. You know, uh, we we talked about this um in another episode where you mentioned a witch that was using way too much frankincense. Yeah, she was doing a, a spell a jar. A spell jar. Mm-hmm. Right. And okay, so that was a great example to call in without being inflammatory. So we just mentioned it. We didn't mention who that person was or the account or anything. And that was for a purpose because we're not calling her out, but we're calling the perspective in to understand yeah. that using too much of any one herb, resin, spice, whatever, it's wasteful. And if you're yeah. doing, a, if you're putting a whole tablespoon or more of frankincense in a jar that you're never ever supposed to open again, that's a waste of a tree resin that takes two years to cure. Yeah. Now, and if 20 that years person for was the tree you- to start producing, like right. that's that's right. where we have to that's really hone time. into our our yeah, path and remember that we're grounded in nature and we being are. wasteful is not yeah. part of that. Well, part of it. Now, if she was making a perfume out of that, if she was using it in a medicinal, a, a magical. Um, medicine, if she was using it to burn, if she was using it in another way, then we would have said, oh, okay, there's another perspective here. I would not have ever said, like, that is the wrong way to use it. And it's obvious that they don't know how to use it. Yeah. You know, there's a difference here. Like, there is an actual, I don't want to say dichotomy to it, because there's always a black and white to it. But in the sense of how that was being used was one of those instances where you're like whoa 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 stop 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 (laughs) let's educate everyone on that's why we educate that's why elise and i have classes that's why we educate so that people who are seeking this path individuals will understand that there is we don't waste we don't take nature for granted we respect and like it that was a clear disrespect to the resin and how it's made and how the tree produces it And if you are on your path and you're having questions like this and you don't feel like it would be safe to throw it out into the ether of the internet, you know, email us. We love getting questions. We've gotten a few questions that have turned into whole episodes because they're so useful. They're so helpful for other people. So you're really helping the community when you send us your questions to Mm -hmm. magickitchenpodcast at gmail.com, magic with a K. And we love hearing from you. We really do. We really do. Yeah. And and when you send those emails, you're talking to both of us. And Elise yeah. does most of the responding and everything, but you're really talking to both of us. Oh, so yeah. I'm so excited. Getting, I always share what we you know, get. Some random <laughs> <bot>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we get some great questions. And and same thing with our communities. In the Rebel Mystic community, I host monthly Q&A sessions where we I get together with all the community face-to-face live and I start answering questions. And like I'm excited for this month because I have some really cool questions coming through that I can't wait to dig into. 
Yeah. Yeah. And on my Patreon, I've had a couple of people, Mm. you know, who joined specifically because they had questions they couldn't answer with books and they stopped practicing. Right. And that is crushing to me. Like to stop practicing because it's confusing is a common problem. It's way more common than you might think. So don't get confused. Mm. Just come chat with us. Yeah. Ask us questions. That's why we do this. We're not doing this to get famous or to make money because yep. definitely through a podcast, you're not making no, money. Zero, <laughs> zero dollars. <laughs> we do it for the express purpose of educating and helping that perspective be more malleable than this hard, rigid, this is this, that is that. Because, okay, Elise and I both, we come from very, very different traditions and different backgrounds. We even, there's what, tw- 20 years between us? In our age, is that right? I don't know. I don't like like counting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we won't count, but there's a huge gap. Like we have a generational gap in between our age, which helps us come to these different perspectives. And, you know, I think we are a testament to how witches can practice completely different practices, uh, paths, how we can have this huge age gap and still come to an agreement on things and still work together and still do things together. You know, we've been a ritual together. We, you know, yeah. have this whole podcast together, you know. <laughs> you went to my hand fasting. <laughs> I did. I was part of your hand. Yeah. See, so like you can still develop meaningful relationships between other witches while maintaining a completely different perspective on the path. Yeah. In fact, I would actually encourage you to follow accounts if you're using a lot of social media for your you know to help you on your path to try and find community i would encourage you to follow accounts that aren't in your path because you might find things that you had no idea even existed like we said that's not to say you should appropriate other people's closed practices but chances are if they're sharing what they're doing on social media it's for you to read it for you to check it out so it's it's a great idea like i've learned a lot from following different practitioners from things i could never participate in who do voodoo, Christo-pagans even, you know, people that do things right. that I could never do. I'm happy to see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just fascinating. You know, it's it's like why we travel. It's just yeah, to find new yeah. perspectives. And there's nothing wrong with having a new perspective. I know some people are afraid of changing their their perspective because it challenges their long-term beliefs. Yeah. But and that is hard. You have to... Yeah, you don't have necessarily have to change, you know, uproot everything you believe in. You just need to soften a little bit and be willing to allow others their perspective without enforcing yours on those. I mean, isn't that what we hated about Christianity? Why most yeah. of us come to this path? We hated being, you know, shamed into believing or believing that we had to believe because <laughs> if we didn't, then we were going to this, you know, unseen hell that you know, didn't, it didn't make sense to anybody. So we can't bring that into our practice when that's what we were trying to get away from. And it really, that's what the patriarchy wants. I know I keep going back to the patriarchy, but it's such a huge thing yeah. that we need to it's understand. It's 2000 that, plus years old and it's what we've exactly. been built on for how many generations Absolutely. is that? 22, yeah. 25? And it thrives on these divisions. It thrives on us staying divided and staying in argument and staying angry at each other without, you know, true community and and it's really hard so one of the questions that came up in the community not long ago was circular community because that's how i operate i don't operate off of hierarchy 
And I find that a lot of people that come into that type of leadership model have a real issue with it because they need or want to be told what to do. And I won't do that. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm going to demonstrate how I do it. And if that's how you want to model things, go for it. But I'm not going to tell you that I'm the guru because I'm not. I'm not going to tell you that um, my way or the highway, I'm not going to tell you that my way is the only way. You know, that is not how I operate. And I've seen a lot of witches come from that perspective. It's a very hierarchical, very patriarchal perspective that they need to be in charge. They need to be the ones Mm -hmm. telling you how, who, what, when, where, why, and how. I will not do that. Yeah. And that's not how I operate. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's the same in your coaching sessions, but Mm -hmm. when I'm guiding people, I use that word guiding, right? Coaching Mm -hmm. is to Mm -hmm. guide, right? Like, That's what we're doing. The first thing that I have on my website about this, the first thing I say to people in discovery calls is I will never tell you what to believe. I firmly believe that I could spiritually coach a Muslim, a Christian, a Wiccan, an atheist that's curious (laughs) about spirituality. Because at the end of the day, I'm not at all going to tell you what to believe. And I think that's why conversations can get deeper because nobody is putting any judgment on each other. Nobody's putting any pressure on each other. When we have conversations about our beliefs or lack of beliefs or confusions or fears or obstacles, that's how we are either solidified in those beliefs for ourselves or ready to start challenging them or growing. Challenging can sound like a scary word, but a lot of times we can point back to our our childhood selves and find, you know, those first moments of intrigue with the natural world or the spiritual world or both. For me, it's almost like the same thing. Yeah. And that part of us is always still there. So when we're growing in our paths and we're looking at the next steps for ourselves and we end up having to release something that feels long held, it's probably not as long held as that magical moment seeing the full moon from your bedroom window when you're three years old yeah. or that moment <laughs> where you're making potions with grass and dead leaves and dandelion <laughs> heads, you know, stirring it with a stick in a pot that's not there. Like these are these are moments that I remember as a kid that I can always point to and say, like, this has always been the path I'm on. I just didn't know I was. And I think that's true for a lot of people. And when we get in this minutia of am I using rosemary correctly? She's using rosemary wrong. What is she, what does she think she's doing? You know, that's not <laughs> that's not why we're here. And we know that deep no. down. And there's and a it, million factors so that shallow. contribute to it, but exactly, we don't need to do it. So yeah. call in. Well, Consider that option. Maybe there's a reason why that rosemary is that way, you know? Like you mentioned yeah. Strega, like that's that's Italian based yes. witchcraft, right? Yeah, that makes yes. perfect sense because that's basically grass. Mm-hmm. We don't really have grass here. We have rosemary. Right. So yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Well, and uh, another perspective of this whole calling out versus calling in is when we put leaders on pedestals. So when we put somebody on this high pedestal where they can do no wrong, they could say no wrong, they could, you know, they they are just not wrong. <laughs> yeah. We blind ourselves to the damaging things that can happen in that perspective. And there are a lot of people out there that um that do really good work that have been put on this pedestal but they don't they don't stand on this pedestal like they own it. They kind of take themselves down from the pedestal and those are the kind of leaders that I think we should all be 
reaching to. Not these ones who say Mm -hmm. my way or the highway or anything like that, because it's only feeding into that idealism that this is the right path. This is the only way it can be, blah, blah, blah. Like every leader that I follow, every quote unquote guru, which I know that these people probably would not want to be called that. I know I would not want to be called that because it gives that perspective of, well, this person's infallible. Yeah. It's Instead, we need to come to that realization that we're all human here. We're all going to make mistakes and we can correct. We can self-correct. We can correct, you know, publicly or privately, however that works. Um, But when we put somebody on a pedestal where they cannot be fallible, where they cannot be wrong, where their, their perspective can never be challenged, we put ourselves in a cage. And that's how I think where that calling out versus calling in becomes that emotional blockade. Because when we have caged ourselves into this one belief, this is only how it should be, and there are no other perspectives, then we wall ourselves off to the possibility of other potentials. There's so much out there. Like we can't, (laughs) if we're really truly following a spiritual path that is supposed to nourish us and help us grow, then we have to allow that. We have to allow space for that. And as soon as we wall ourselves off from that potential, then we stunt our own growth. Yeah. And a last note on this calling out versus calling in. When we call out, not only are we rigidly defining that other person as mm-hmm. wrong and wrong specifically in this way, whatever that way is, it's whatever also it is. defining us in a box. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So when we say you're wrong for using rosemary for everything and then you find yourself a couple months down the line about to do a spell for prosperity and – well, actually, rosemary would work for that. About to do a spell for banishing – <laughs> and <laughs> and you it. are all out of everything else and you're like, oh my gosh, I only have rosemary. If you had yeah. had a different reaction to that person, if you had just kind of filed that away and said, hmm, interesting, and okay. then moved on, you might have in that moment said, you know what? I saw this girl last month. Let me see if I use rosemary. Is this going to work? It works. And it might. So you can try new it things might. and grow. And that's why, and we've had a lot of discussions about this. I had a discussion recently um, with one of my followers about this, and I was like, thank you for saying that because I appreciate hearing that from other people. We don't need to label ourselves as witches. We say this all the time, but you don't. Like, you don't even have to call yourself a witch. You might be in the broom closet, and it's not even on the table yet for you to have a label. Your label might only be for you if it exists at all, you and your journal. You don't ever have to have a label, much less a specific label. Like, even if you go through initiation – my coven is based in the fairy tradition, but I still mm-hmm. have a hard time labeling myself that way because I'm so eclectic. I work with nymphs now. I live in Greece. Like <laughs> there, there's just too much growth out there and I can't cut myself right. off from that and you shouldn't either. Oh, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that because I have actually been rethinking that label for myself. Like I have it on all my profiles. I'm a witch. But then I've been rethinking it in the path that I've been called to and drawn to it's i mean yeah i'm a witch but i'm also a mystic i'm Mm. also a magical herbalist i'm also a podcaster i'm also a blogger i'm also a teacher like i have all of these labels and i know labels help us identify with others so if someone says you know i'm a lawyer 
you know what they do for a living, right? You you understand that. You don't have to know what kind of lawyer. Like maybe maybe they're you know uh, I don't know the ambulance t- chaser type lawyer. Maybe they're you know high end mm. corporate lawyer. Maybe they're you know criminal law. You don't have to know necessarily the details of what they do. You but you understand. Oh, you're a lawyer, so you went to law school and you understand law, right? And I think that's what we do for ourselves with these labels is it kind of gives us a generalization of how to relate to somebody. And that's okay as long as we are keeping ourselves open to the idea that, okay, a witch can mean whole bunch of things. Are you a shamanic witch? Are you a tea witch? Are you a green witch? Are you a cottage witch? Are you a kitchen witch? Are you a crystal yeah. witch? Like there's so much out there that it's really hard to say, oh, you're a witch. So this means X, Y, Z. Because it could also mean everything else. Next time you're presented with new information from a new source or a trusted source, consider calling in rather than calling out and see how you can open your mind. Join me, Leandra Witchwood, in the Rebel Mystic community as we come together and explore the radical, rebellious act of creating sisterhood and engaging in deep self-care. So next time you reach a conversation or you're challenged, your, your beliefs and your ideals are challenged, stop for a minute, take a breath and feel how that feels in your body. Where do you feel it in your body? Take a breath and Find the source of it. Where is the resistance, either mentally, physically, emotionally, and unpack that before you respond. Maybe take some time to journal or to talk with a trusted friend or even a therapist about your gut reaction, your knee-jerk reaction to it, and try to unpack it a little bit and find out the core of it. Where is the source of your resistance? And this is what I teach in shadow work. It is how I teach my my students and my clients to reevaluate their perspectives by finding that resistance and analyzing it. And when you find these resistances, think about clarifying questions you can ask yourself. And if you're comfortable, ask somebody else. Ask me, ask Leandra, ask the yeah. person who posted this. You, If you follow yeah. each other or you've been following them for a while, you could probably message them. Most people are okay with that. Check their bios first, but see if you mm-hmm. can open this dialogue. Call yourself in and see mm-hmm. where you need to grow because growth yeah, is never going to hurt you and you don't have to take what you learn. It's just another no, something to marinate on. It is. And I find like clarifying questions are, they can be tricky, but they're easy. So basically, so try this maybe at your next family gathering when somebody says something to you that is either offensive or um, challenging to you, repeat back to them what they said, and then ask them to clarify what they mean by that. And this is a great way to open up that conversation. Now, nine times out of 10, people will sit there and take a step back and they have to think about what they just said because nine times out of 10, people say things just because it's what they've been taught to say or what they've been programmed to believe and think. Mm -hmm. They've never actually analyzed it. So if you're asking them just calmly, not not aggressively, just say, hey, that's an interesting statement to make. You said blah, 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 blah. 
Now, can you clarify that for me? Can you clarify what you mean by that? And if you come at them in a very gentle, non-emotional, non-erratic way, then it helps them to kind of keep out of that that hemisphere of the brain that is emotional, that is reactive, and gets them more into the analytical side of the brain and helps you both engage in a conversation that's not inflammatory. Yeah. But can actually go somewhere for both of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get some clarity. So if you're interested in exploring this a little bit further, Elise and I both have free courses. Um, I have Shadow Work for Beginners. That's a free course that leads you to a discount to my full course, or it'll lead you to the community where you pay a subscription and you get access to all of my courses. But the free course specifically helps you get started in Shadow Work and gets helps you get started in, you know, unraveling some of these kind of thick topics that lead us to understand ourselves better and our interaction with others better. And if you take a look on my course page on Caridon's Grove, I also have a free course where I introduce you to sacred living. So intentional spiritual living, living each day with some sacred backing. And again, you get half off my full course when you take the free course. So these are great ways to dip your toes, non-committal ways, and I also have my community over on Patreon. So I would love it if you could support us over there. And when you join my Patreon, you also get a direct line to me at any time. So I've been able to really help build this community and build this one-on-one support, especially where coaching might not be something you're looking for at this stage. But you also get discounts on coaching in my course. So Yeah, and we we'll have links to everything. Yeah. And we'll have links in the uh, show description to all of this. Yeah. Mary meet. Mary part. And and Mary meet meet again. again. Thank you for joining us on the Magic Kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com, for news, information, and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and SeekingNumina.com. That's seeking N-U-M-I-N-A.